0: Welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome, and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love, like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity? So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show with your host, Mac Atram. And today I have Rick Haland here, who's coming in all the way from Salt Lake, Salt Lake City, Utah. So thank you for joining us, Rick.
1: Oh, Mac, pleasure to be with you. Thanks
0: for having me on. Fantastic. You know, one of the things we reason why our team said it's great to have Rick on is because, Rick, my team said, what you focus on is not just, hey, get into a business or run your business, but what's the whole purpose of what you are doing? How does this apply to your life? How do you have a great business and feel like everything you're doing is meaningful? And I said to my team, hey, I've got to speak to Rick because I know a lot of people listening in will be feeling the same way, right?
1: Yeah. So when I retired from my uh, full-time consulting gig uh, three and a half years ago, I thought, you know, I had such a great experience personally as a 26-year-old in a mini crisis about writing a purpose statement for my life. And that attracted me to the consulting company I joined and then ran. And then I was the second largest shareholder and sold off three and a half years ago. But it was all because as a 26 year old, I had a little mini crisis in the middle of MBA school and wasn't doing well. So I said to my wife, well, I better, I'm going to go downstairs and figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And, uh, spent the Saturday, uh, writing my purpose statement and answering. I had read in, uh, seven habits of highly effective people that, you know, habit two is begin with the end in mind and, and be intentional about your life and what you want to do. And, all those good things so I thought well, what do I have to lose I just got a I just moved my family across the country into an MBA program and I just bombed my first test and I, despite working my heart out and so I thought you know what have I got to lose now I think I'll begin with the end in mind so I, I wrote a purpose statement that had words like I want to be involved in continuous improvement action orientation make a difference in people's lives and so when the consulting company came recruiting at our place a year and a half later um, they had Mac and I'm not exaggerating almost the same words in their ad that I had in my purpose. statement.
0: No way. Wow.
1: So to me, I had hardly done anything with that. Uh-huh. I'd done a little bit better in school, but no one would confuse me with the valedictorian or anything. Right. And, um, but when I saw that, I thought, Oh, that's why I did that. And it drew me right in. And so I called them up. They were headquartered out of Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. Mm. I called them up and they said, "I don't know if I was quite this bold, but they uh, teased me for years after." You know, they said, "Well, um, my name's Rick Highland, um, and I applied for your, year- oh, 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 sorry, I missed a step. So I applied for the job. I went home, and told Cheryl, "Yeah, I found the job. I know why I wrote my mission statement, et cetera, et cetera. I call it a purpose statement." And. Um, so I, a couple of days later, I got back and I wasn't on the list to be interviewed. There was ten people on the wall. Remember, this is before internet, so they actually wow. posted at the recruiting office wall, mm. and I put my hand and finger out Rick Highland's not nothing, there. Oh my goodness! So I called him up and and they said, you know, I, I, hey, I, I Sandy, I think you made a mistake. My name is Rick Highland. I'm from this university and I applied and. And I'm not on the list. And, and she said, oh, well, what's your name? And let me look at your resume. And oh, yeah, Mr. Highland, you're one of the most inexperienced and youngest of the group. And so we just thought, blah, blah, blah. And so I had nothing to lose at this point, Mac. And so I told my story. I said, hey, I wrote this uh, purpose statement. It's got continuous improvement, action orientation, make a difference. And those things were all in your ad. <laughs> so this is meant for me. <laughs> Excellent. So she, I could almost hear, you know, roll her eyes on the phone. And and uh, so she said, okay, go to the, you got my permission, write number 11 at five o'clock on Thursday evening. I still remember it. I was the last interview of the day. Wow. And uh, uh, long story short, I was the only one that got the job that year. And I went on to stay with that company 32 years and I retired as the COO and second largest shareholder three and a half years ago. So I had such a great experience with purpose. I went to write this book, Uh my first two books in my retirement. And um, I found out, Mac, that other people have had fantastic experience with purpose and being intentional and with your life and uh, living on purpose. And so I read all the research and put this book together. And I just that's one of the messages that I want people to know that if you want to strive for a well-balanced, happy and successful life. begin with the end in mind and articulate a vision for your life or a purpose for your life. Yeah. And then, you know, and then kind of manage towards that live your life and reverse engineer from that. But anyhow, yes, that's a long answer that, yes, I love purpose.
0: You know, absolutely. I'm going to come back to purpose a bit more because I I totally, totally get what you're saying. I totally understand. I remember my first business over two decades ago now, and I, I started that business um there was it wasn't a purpose-driven business it was it's it's an IT business it was a dot-com era and I thought hey I'm just following the trend a few short years I was struggling in business things weren't going right and uh it it, it got me to a place where I had to reassess exactly why my, I'm in this business well cut long story short I I ended up fixing that business and I sold it and I sat down and I, I thought okay what am I going to be doing for the rest of my life what is the meaning here. And I wrote down, I remember clearly, I wrote down, my purpose is to inspire, educate and empower people to live a life of joy, courage, passion and purpose. And by writing that down, what happened after a few short years, I started sharing the stage with some great people, speakers, entrepreneurs, like Robert Kiyosaki, Anthony Robbins, all these people that were coaches or mentors of mine. And I ended up writing four best-selling books. I ended up training hundreds of thousands of people all over the world on stage all over the world. And so, you, what you are saying, Rick, is absolutely necessary and important if you want to have a meaningful life. And so, Rick, tell us about the business that you ended up staying with thirty-two years, and um, you were the see C- You became the CEO. You managed to grow that business well hundred x in 10 years what happened how did you do that
1: mm. good question so yeah that's the second book I wrote is um, wow. went back you know the first one is live your purpose the second one is the truth about being a rainmaker seven steps for sales excellence and those seven steps or those seven principles were the basis as I looked back you know um, in post-mortem and hindsight wisdom in hindsight right yeah you can say, how exactly did we do that and that that's what the book is about is to put those seven steps together for example step number one is know your purpose right just for the exact reasons you just talked about and one of the amazing things about that mac is i don't want people to think that it has to be you know the googles or the apples of the world are the only people that can work on purpose because they're doing you know they're changing the world changing information changing products that will change our life you know I had my one of my first clients in in uh, performance improvement consulting was a gentleman named Greg Marilia. He's passed away since and one of the best leaders I ever worked with. And he was a at the time, he was a relief foreman in a sawmill. And then while we were working together, he became the sawmill foreman. And one of the things that he found, and this is a commodity product, dirty uh, uh, environment, noisy, Uh, But he used to gather his team together weekly and monthly. And before he went through the performance metrics, he would always go on purpose. He would talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, folks, we, what we're doing here, every American has a dream to own their own home. And we are part of that. We are a key part. The quality lumber that we provide is a key part to helping people's dreams. One of their fundamental dreams. And you know what? A third of our product goes to Habitat Humanity type homes, and we are giving the homeless shelter. And we have to do this in quality and timely, you know, and the packaging has to be perfect. And so here's a commodity, noisy, dirty environment. And Greg, for 35 years, preached the power of purpose and the power and the importance, the meaning behind what you're doing when you're standing at a station, you know, grading lumber all day. That it is does it it does matter to the and there's meaning behind what you do and the quality does matter so I think the point is Mac right it doesn't matter what field you're in it doesn't have to be sexy like big technology stuff it's you can find purpose and meaning but the point is find purpose and meaning find something that you can live out your purpose and meaning and you will have extraordinary energy extraordinary passion your stick toiveness when others will give up you'll keep going right.
0: Yeah. Uh, Through the
1: discouraging setback. So that's principle number one. And if I go all the way to the other end of it, and in the middle, there's a whole bunch of business and marketing strategy ideas, but the other end of it is this idea of self-care. Like principle number six is innovate and continuous improvement. Everything personally, business-wise, like the best sustainable rainmakers over a long period of time are constantly innovating constantly improving their own skill set yeah. and the business and the product and then principle number 7 is this idea of self care and being intentional and living a balanced life i know a lot of rich and unhappy people oh yeah how could that be i thought money huh. and power and title and success was the you know the happiness No, we know better than that. It's this balanced set of living your life in balance and, and, and managing all your priorities and all your major roles in life. Yeah. You know, for me, it's to be a great father and husband and grandfather and um, spiritual leader and business coach, you know, and, and I want to be great at all those things. And so how do you do that? And so you got to plan and prioritize around all those roles. I know a lot of people uh, that are successful, that are unhappy. Yeah. And uh, on their third relationship or estranged from their kids or, you know, uh, burning bridges left, right and center. But they got money. Mm. And uh, so this idea that if you're going to be a successful rainmaker in a small business, an entrepreneur that don't go in it and say, oh, I'm just going to work 150 hours a week. And then, you know, 10 years later, I'll catch up to the rest of my life. Don't do that to your health. Don't do that to your relationships. In fact, I'm going to argue, Mac that you're going to be a better at your small business sales and ownership if you do self-care and oh no, no, no. I just got to work my brains off and grind and hustle. That's good. But how about working smart? And part of working smart is a particular as a sales or as you're trying to scale your business, Mm. you don't have a chance to make a second impression. So you have to be at your best every day and be at your best is to make sure and do your self-care practices. So you know, I, I skipped all the marketing and customer acquisition stuff in the middle, but I just wanted to underpin the point of how important purpose, self care, and innovation are to being great and at peak performance over time. But so, anyhow, that that answers part of your question, Mac.
0: Yeah, it certainly does. And uh, you know, as I'm listening to you and you're talking about, you know, don't wait ten don't don't, don't wait ten years to catch up uh, because you've been working 150 hours or whatever you have. As I read, you have six children, 15 grandchildren. Is that right? That's correct. <laughs> and using the same principles over what, however many years, how has that applied to them and to your wife and the way you live now and the lifestyle you have as a successful entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. So I, I my process in life is, is my goal is to live that balanced, focused life and, and prioritize the most important things in my life. So. From that purpose statement, I do um, 90-day goals and 90-day action plans. And then I take that. And by the way, the categories that I do it in, you know, I have a planner, actually. It's on Amazon. Okay. Um, And how I do that is I break down those 90-day goals into the following areas, physical, spiritual, mental, relationships, financial, work, and other. And then I set weekly priorities for those categories. Under physical health, under spiritual, under financial, under relationships. And and so when you do that, even though you're busy and sometimes exhausted, uh-huh. you've got, hey, I set a goal to go out with my middle daughter on Friday night for ice cream and a date, and I'm exhausted. I just got back from a trip, yeah. Uh, but that was in the plan, and so we're going to do it. And, you know, and to this day, that daughter, one of her highlights, even though that was a, an hour in a week. Yeah. She shares with me now, she's got her own kids and own family that that date one on one time to go do what she wanted to do was, you know, even though it was only an hour and a week. Yeah, uh, it was a heavy priority as she looks back now, you know, 15 years later. So to be intentional doesn't mean and to be balanced doesn't mean you're giving equal time to everything that that's that's not a paradigm that works. That'll cause you a lot of burnout and stress Yeah, <laughs> but to be intentional and focused and deliberate. And to really focus on what matters, right? Even though you're tired and exhausted and worked hard on your biz, now what are my priorities on the weekend for my relationships and my family and my other priorities? So it's really about uh, planning and executing, you know, uh, on all the priorities and relationships in your life.
0: Right. Yeah, and I I totally agree with you. And um, I think that's why my team said that you've got to speak to Rick because I'm totally aligned with what you're saying and more people need to hear that because you don't want to get to whatever age and you haven't really lived your life because you've been waiting to retire to live your life and that you haven't got the same level of energy. You haven't got the same ability. So Rick, I want you to, if you can, I know you touched on it. Um, and there's, you said there are seven key areas just give the headlines in terms of someone sitting there thinking, Oh, Rick, Rick said, um, over 10 years, he, um, 100x his business what are the seven things that you know i know number one is is around purpose i know number yep. seven is around self-care and you know in between there there is um the sales and marketing and customer service leadership i'm sure so that someone doesn't leave this podcast with an open loop thinking oh what do i do with that so what are the seven key Things If an entrepreneur listening to this podcast can use to 100x their business over the next few years.
1: Sure. And and I'll go through them real quick. But if you want me to double click on any one of these areas, let me know. And this is the book here. That's what the cover looks like. So, you know, principle number one is believe in your cause or have a purpose, as we talked about. Principle number two is know your avatar customer. There is so much wasted advertising and promotion money that's not targeted. Right. Right. It used to be okay 10, 15, 20 years ago to just broadcast, advertise, but today it has to be targeted. You have, even the very best company, Lululemon, I love their clothes, right? Company out of Vancouver, British Columbia, Uh uh, you know, athletic performance wear. Um, They started on yoga, right? That was their target market. Right, right. uh, My friend, uh, Gary Lennon, the CEO of Doer, another performance apparel company out of Vancouver, focused on, uh biker biking people that bike to work that he he did his clothing start and then of course you build niches and you offer other niches but everybody that's successful it, it does targeted advertising targeted promotion targeted pitches so the first step there is to really identify and not just for so for us in consulting it was senior vp of operations we knew if we could get to a senior vp of operations we had a higher success rate of closure Now, we were also very good in the energy space. We knew the issues, the pain points, the challenges, the opportunities. We could speak that language. So by identifying our avatar client and by knowing their pain points, we could hit home run after home run. I'll tell you a story about Larry. We went into Larry in Houston and he sat down. We're in a big conference room in the top floor in Houston, the senior VP of ops. He sits down and says, well, first of all, you would never had this meeting if it wasn't for Gary's reference. So that's kind of that's that's a cool principle we should talk about. That Gary had trust with him. Uh, Gary was on our senior executive team. Gary introduced us to Larry, and so trust. That's a, I'll come back to that principle here in a second. Um, I would have never given. But you have fifteen minutes. We thought we had an hour. We contracted for an hour. You have fifteen minutes. And Normally, I would have loved to you know ask questions and find out. Mm-hmm his business and what his needs are and his interest points, and then deliver my pitch on that. Right. That's good sales. Yeah. Um, But he says, you got 15 minutes dance. Tell me your story. I go, wow. Look at my partner, uh, Chris. And say, okay. And because we'd done our homework and because we knew the industry and the pain points, we knew that they were third, fourth quartile on uh, delivering their maintenance uh, on time on budget. And they call it turnarounds, maintenance turnarounds. And these were very costly, expensive, time-consuming, downtime events for these. And and to be really good at them meant big time for the company, saving hundreds of millions of dollars in time. And um, so we knew that that was a problem area. We knew he's third. So I went in without knowing anything, but because I knew the issues and because we knew some homework and we knew the pain points, we went through our one-pager, not a big deck, but our one-pager on a success story that we had in another refinery and then how we did it and he stopped us we were 10 minutes into this pitch he stopped us and says that's exactly right that's our exact issue in uh, new york we have a refinery and that's the exact thing we're struggling turns to his partner in the room and says joe will you introduce these guys to (laughs) frank at the new york refinery because those are exact issues and then he went on for 20 minutes to explain why these are why they are third, fourth quartile. And it's exactly what we've been talking about. We exactly need to do that and break down the milestones about, you know, and he just got so excited. And of course, an hour later, we leave that meeting. He's done most of the talking. Because we knew our avatar customer, we knew their pain points. We knew the industry. So people always want to get into new industries and that's good. That's great. Uh, But if you really want to service an industry, know their issues and pain points, um, so that, that you can one. speak very specifically to that. So anyhow, yeah, you know, I'm spending way too much time on each principle, cool. but I'll, I'll go through think, the rest of them there. We're number three, are we on three? Yeah, yeah, we're on number three. So become a trusted partner, right? It I, used to be, it used to be okay to um, ABCs always be closing, yeah, right, and, and and do whatever it takes to hit your quota, and you know jokes about that, and that's why the book's called The Truth About Being a Rainmaker. Yeah. The truth is, that's not how you sell. That's not how you be effective in the long run. That's not how you scale your business. You have to have trust and you have to build trust. And part of that building trust is to know their issues and to be able to speak to their issues. So in that chapter, we talk a lot about the importance of trust. In fact, the paradigm shifter is is that um, if you want to be great at building trust and, and increasing your sales and your business, you have to do what's best for the customer always right true always. always not to hit yeah. your quota not to do what's best for you I mean you will do best for your company that if, over time you are always doing what's best even if it means no deal right now or even means going to a downsell offer because that's what's best for them mm-hmm. and uh, over time boy you just build huge trust and huge credibility when you we said no one time to Chevron that was one of our it became one of our largest clients because we said no to one particular piece of work in one corner of the world because oh, wow. the leader wasn't ready and they didn't identify exercise of the prize and they weren't committed to, you know, and that blew them away. And that was one of the reasons that became our largest client is because we had the courage to say, no, this area wasn't a good fit and we weren't going to be able to deliver on our big promises. So anyhow, I could talk all day about trust. Um, the next principle is have a process. You know, a lot of salespeople, a lot of small business, they just love to hustle. They love to grind. In fact, often I find, Mac, they don't spend as much time on their marketing or customer acquisition strategy. They have a, right. a great product, a great service, and they hope that word of mouth and social media and positive referencing will, will lead them to the promised land. Well, that'll lead you to invariable True. <laughs> lead generation, right? Inconsistent lead generation. So the importance of having a process. And then the next principle is, have a business development system, meaning measure your lagging leading KPIs, have a structure and rhythm where sales people have to report to each other in a very structured format. So they're accountable for their leading and lagging indicators and their action orientation. And then I already mentioned the last two around continuous improvement, innovation, and then being your best every day. So those combination of principles, when you apply and practice those seven consistently over time, you're going to be able to 10x, 100x your business, uh, and it's not a scientific cookie cutter. If you do these seven things, you know, but if you apply these principles and you figure out, you know, what works for you and your avatar client and your product, mm-hmm. you're going to have a lot of success if you follow. Fantastic!
0: It sounds like a great book there, uh, Rick. I'll have to um, pick that up and go through it. In more details. Fantastic! Well done with uh, your second published book there. The Rick, let me ask you this. For those who are listening, uh, at the early part of the call, you talked about the discipline of, I think it was around habits, you know, well, for you, it's um, the journal or or the book you've got on Amazon, which talks about the 90 day, your 90 day process, which then breaks it down into your key areas you focus on. And some entrepreneurs say to me, hey, Mac, I like to be a free spirit. And if I have to do this 90 day thing and and it ties me in, I don't know if I can be consistent. And I often say to them, the reason why you want something like this is because it will get you more consistent and you can be free within that process. Because now you're not doing if and, and everything and anything you're doing things that actually. So tell us. For those people, what do you say? Do you agree with me? Do you have another thoughts on that? Why is it so important to have this 90-day process that you
1: have? Yeah, when you were talking about that, I was going to say consistency. If I am talking to someone like that, and there is, there's salespeople and small business owners that just like to hustle and grind and free flow it and take what happens to them. But, yeah. but unfortunately, as a small business owner, there is too much to do. There is too many things you could do. So yeah. you have to plan and prioritize on the things that matter most in your business. Cause you could get sucked into busyness end of the day, be, wow, what a great day. I worked 13 hours of me. It got so much done, but was it the most important things? In fact, and this is a, this is a Rick Highland version of one of my, scaling favorite up. Clubs, yeah. right. Burn uh, like harness scaling up. Uh, in fact, we're doing a scale fest in February that I'm involved with. Um, and Vern's the key, one of the keynote speakers and I love his book, but, and this is Rick Hyland paraphrasing Vern, but you know, in there, it talks about, if you want to be successful at scaling up, it is in direct proportion in your, your ability to build robust processes, Mm. a sales process, a fulfillment process, you know, you have to have processes that work and scale. Otherwise it's going to be all in your shoulders. If you have processes, you can delegate more. That's one of the hardest things for small business to do. A, the expense to hire somebody. B, to give them it because I can do it better.
0: Right, right. So
1: by building processes and how we onboard and how we scale and how we market and how we customer acquisition on, you know, how we close up, you know, by building good, robust processes, it allows you to delegate. It allows you to scale. So I know people out there, um, that, oh, you know, I just want to work hard or I know my customers, I don't need to record things and I don't need to measure things. And i say, that's too bad because <laughs> you could be even more successful if you adopted these principles. But yeah, it is rooted in consistency and it is rooted in, you actually want to be less stressed and less busy, then sca- then build process. Build yeah. process and rigor behind it so that's not just based on hustle. yeah It's based on term I like to call working smart Mm -hmm. I never like to coach entrepreneurs to work hard Uh, I'd like to coach them to work smart and to work smart you have to have processes process on how you lead gen process on how you close out calls process on how you onboard people process on how you deliver your you know so build and scale processes if you really want to maximize that business of yours
0: Great answer there. Great answer. You are listening to Rick Highland and Mac Atram of the Business Success Show. Rick has been sharing some amazing golden nuggets. If you just caught the tail end of it, you want to get back to the beginning listen to everything this man has, has been speaking about. Um, so remember to like, share, comment, and also follow, subscribe, depending on which channel you're on. Hey, Rick, for those who want to um, follow up with you, learn more from you, uh, get getting the book. I don't know. Do your program. What's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah. So you can go, you can email me directly at rickhyland at gmail.com. Highland is H-E-Y-L-A-N-D, Looks Highland. pronounced Highland. Don't don't get me started on that. Um, or my website, ci not com, but org. CI is continuous improvement for life org. Um, or those three books that we talked about are on Amazon. But yeah, just type in Rick Highland. And you'll find all sorts of uh, uh, cool things. You'll find my website. You'll find my books, podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, yeah, Mac, thanks for having me on. And congratulations on all your success and what you're doing to help small business owners.
0: Oh, well, my my absolute pleasure. And I want to say thank you, um, most importantly, for coming on to this Business Success Show to share your wisdom, share your knowledge, share what you've been through and the beauty of having a purpose because that purpose then drives everything. And that purpose then gives meaning as to why you are doing what you're doing as an entrepreneur. And without that purpose, with with that purpose, you will overcome all the obstacles. With that purpose, you'll attract the right resources, the right financial help, the right business partners, the right type of clients because you are doing the right thing. Rick gave an excellent example. The age of 26 wrote down this purpose for 32 years he then lived it because he he's the right place doing the right thing at the right time because of purpose Rick any final words before we uh finish here today
1: no a- amen to what you said I mean it, it, you can you know I read uh research papers where there's 10 health benefits You know, forget the business benefit. There's 10 health benefits. You live longer, less hospital time, more life satisfaction. I mean, all these research studies showing for your personal life and your business life to live on purpose. Fantastic.
0: On that note, Rick, I want to say thank you again. And for everyone listening into the podcast, remember to uh, like, share if you can as well, follow, subscribe. I really appreciate it. Rick, have a great rest of your day and we'll catch up another time. Thanks, Mac. Okay, you're
1: welcome.